0: Day as we uh, come off this uh, Labor Day weekend, I feel like a Jolly Rancher. I do like my background. I thought that was kind of funny. God gave me that this weekend, so I thought, well, that's kind of cool. I love Jolly Ranchers. Hope you like them too. Kind of incentive to go out and buy some. Hey, Cynthia, how's it going this afternoon? Hope you guys are having a great afternoon this Tuesday. Um, a lot of things going on in the spirit. A lot of things happening right now. We're in a shift, shifting upward. (laughs) I know, right? That's my kid. I'm a little kid at heart, actually. I'm a little kid at heart. So I can't get around it. It's just kind of one of those things where it just comes out. I don't even have to make it. I don't have to try to make it. It just kind of happens. But when you hit with the religious community, they're like, oh, you're not religious enough for us. You're not serious enough. God bless them. It's like, you're going to have to come here sooner or later. If you're going to come near God, you're going to have to come into your child likeness if not you'll be left behind so anyhow i hope you guys are having a great tuesday Uh, we're getting started with the week good news is we only have three more days until the weekend so that's always good news right (laughs) so anyway we're moving forward moving forward out of the old to the new as god moves us into c4 heading beyond the end of the year uh the head of the year i think it's september 27th and so. The next three weeks are probably going to be really stressful. Um, And I told you, we have three different places we have to work through as we work through God's heart every year. And I feel like a commentator for some reason when I start talking to you guys about the heart of God and telling you point by point what's going on, point by point in the heart of God. But that's just the way he shows me. It's just he shows me exactly what's going on. And as we get to know him and as I get into deeper studies about the heart of God, he starts showing me. You know, how to keep time with him, how to keep maturing with him and how to come into the high places of his spirit, the seven spirits of God. And so I talked to you about the lower dimensions of his heart as we move through January 1 through April 30th. And then the higher dimensions are, I want to say they're probably starting about June 15th through January 1. And so we spend about six months starting to get transitioned into the higher place of God, even if if we even get invited into that place, because you have to be invited did you know that many are called few are chosen and so that's that's the place we're we're stepping into right now and it actually aligns i think with that heart though that excuse me that word from kurt landry where he was talking about um different uh people groups for people groups and then he kind of backed off of it and i was like no you got it right dude you got it right you got it right the first time and so he's trying to teach us i believe god's trying to teach us how to move and and he's trying to pinpoint uh, what's keeping us from moving. That's what the Lord is trying to show us in this hour so that we stop getting stuck in C2. That's what he's trying to point out to us. And so these are things going on. But I've got kind of a hard word again today. Um, and it's probably going to be hard as we start, hopefully, helping people shift over um, into the new. And it's going to require, hi Ada, it's going to require... um some soul searching it's going to require some soul searching on your part if you feel like you've gotten behind in the spirit and you're not having you don't have the same firepower you've had in past seasons that's really how fast God is moving in this hour a cloud by day a pillar of fire by night and I'm telling you it's hard to keep up you can ask our teams it's very hard to keep up because he seems to be moving so fast and it's because you know He's he's got us on a mission he's got us on a timeline and he's trying to establish his presence in the earth in the fullness of time. But it's all contingent upon how willing we are to participate in the process, which this word's going to address today. The title today is called three groups of fivefold the fullness of time/glory. And are you loving correctly? Are you loving correctly? Because without being cleaned up, you can't love correctly. You can't give what you don't have. And I hear so many people saying, "We live in such a loveless society. They're just cold-hearted. They're just mean." And da well, it's because they can't give what they don't have. People can't give what they don't have. And so, if you don't know God, you don't know love. And you can thank you know God all day long, and uh, you can be sitting in church and have your butt sitting in a pew all day long, and not have a relationship with God and not even know it because. And usually, your heart's reflecting that. It's reflecting that truth. Or reflecting where you don't stand in Christ. Everybody thinks because they show up in church on Sunday, they're okay with God. But now I'm going to challenge you to search your soul on a few things. Because God is demanding this hour, if you're going to come higher in me, you're going to start looking at some things about yourself. And being willing to be willing to get honest with him. Because he already knows it's there. But being willing to be willing to get free. So let's move into the word, and I'll get into this. But let me tell you where the fivefold is at right now. We've heard about the false prophets. The Bible told us the five, the false prophets would come on the scene. These are the, the fake fivefold, uh, because whenever God raises up the true fivefold, the enemy always tries to counter. We should expect that for whatever God tries to do in the earth. So the enemy's already countered, and he's raising up. The tears—he's raising up tears and mixing them with the wheat, so it's hard for God's sheep to discern between the two. And it's also, to me, it's actually an, an outstanding tool for sifting because it really shows you when people make choices of who they listen to, where their heart is at, where, where the heart condition is at. If your heart is just here to be entertained, if you're just here because you've got itchy ears and you just have to go with the latest and greatest, and you're never committed anywhere, you're never loyal to anyone. And I'm not saying go be loyal to the next fake five-fold minister. You need to be discerning. You need to be watching who you listen to and what you're filling your heart with, because that can get you disqualified too. You become who you hang around. You become who you listen to. Pardon me. And I'll tell you an example of this without saying anything. Um, I went to a conference one time, where and it was here in Texas. I went to a conference and we—I was an armor bearer for a leader. And we went into the conference, and we it was a two-day conference, I think two or three days. We went for the last two days. And we were told to leave our books and things on our seats and that we could sit in those same seats the next day. And this is a pretty big leader. Not going to be disrespectful. So I'm trying to help the leader that I was armor-bearing for, and I'm trying to get her stuff set out to be respectful of her, to be honoring of her. And we left our books as we were told to do that night on our chairs. When we came back the next day, all of our books were thrown all over the place by the leadership of the leader who was having the conference. And, and we sat where they told us to sit. But there was such a lack of honor for other leaders and other people there, other sheep. And I was appalled by the lack of honor and by the lack of just good manners. But that told me that there was poor leadership. Because a good leader would have called out and said, you get down there and you pick that stuff up. Don't ever let me catch you doing that again to other people, other sheep for that matter, because you're a reflection of me. And so that was my first taste of seeing uh, how, where the condition of the church was really, really at. And I've actually been seeing a little uh, hints of it. And I think because we're taught not to address it, we're taught not to speak, not to, not to create waves in the boat. It's like this, I hate to pick on the Baptist, but the, the mentality in the church has been just, shh, don't talk about it. It'll go away. No, it's not going away. Have you noticed the behaviors aren't going away? They're being exacerbated because no one's addressing them. So now God's like, okay, let me get in your face and let me point this out to you because it's unloving. It's not my way. It's not my way. So what we're seeing and what I saw in that moment with that experience that I had was people who had had, who had been taught and been allowed to get away with bad behaviors because of the coattails they were riding on of this person. And because they thought, well, I'm in leadership with this person. I can do whatever I want. No, you can't. No, you can't. God will hold you accountable. Keep doing it. Because right now it's costing a lot of people. It's costing a lot of ministries right now because of not correcting bad behaviors. When God's saying, get it together, God's God of order, it starts from the top down. It starts from the top down, and he's not going to change. God doesn't change his ways. But we're being required to change ours now in this hour, so the judgment doesn't hit our house. So let's move into the Word. So the fake five full have been introduced to full, full-blown false prophets. They're demonic. They're a dead giveaway. We can kind of sense that. Hopefully, you can sense that in the Spirit right now. I pray to God you can. Um, If you can't, you're in a heap of trouble. Hello, Miss Cole. How are you? And and then this is going to be a hard word. This is where the word starts getting into difficulty. So those of you who don't like to hear the truth, you're probably going to be like, oh, it's another one of those. It's going to be like, wasn't it King Ahab when he said, oh, you're, you never have a nice thing to say to me. I think he was telling Elijah this. You never have anything nice to say to me. And it's because Elijah always told him the truth. <laughs> he wouldn't lie. He was like, yeah, I don't, I'm just going to tell you what God's telling me. So this is kind of where I'm at with you. I'm going to tell you what God's telling me. But if you want to, if you want to move forward in your walk, you're going to pray about this and heed it and, and take it before the Lord. If you have questions about it, I'll be glad to answer your questions. If you want, email me, navigator at gmail.com. I'll be happy to have a conversation with you because I want you free. I want you advancing. We need everybody all hands on deck right now. And so we don't have time for the whining and crying and people getting their getting their feelings hurt and acting like, well, you, I can't believe you said that to me. i Have have you ever met those people too? I was talking to a friend of mine about that today. And she, cause she's a truth, she's a truth prophetess. And, and she's actually very, very young. She's a young prophetess. And she was like, cause she's military too. Her family was military and her dad was like my dad. Because my dad used to always say, because my dad was very truth-oriented. Very, if you didn't like it, then you were in a heap of trouble. But he'd always tell me, suck it up. Suck it up. And I'd be like, that me. suck it up. Let's suck it up. So I feel like that's what God's saying in this hour. Suck it up. It's time to grow up and suck it up. He's coming back for a mature bride. But if you're not willing to deal with your heart and allow leadership to correct you, then that includes leaders then why would you expect God to rest on your church? Why would you expect God to come rest on your vessel? I'm so tired of hearing, we want a move of God. Well, and your church is in complete disarray. Your people act like hell. Let's move into the conversation. So we've got fake fivefold. We've got the sick fivefold. Uh, These are true anointed vessels of God. They're true leadership, but they're stuck underneath the apparatus of religion or Jezebel, but they're sick. They have unhealed areas of their heart that they refuse to get free from. And so now what's happening at the head is trickling down like the oil on the beard of Aaron. So we have entire people groups, leaders. It's like the blind leading the blind. So they're having these entire sheepfolds now that are getting sick. And that's what I was talking about the conference. Their whole groups are starting to act badly because they're being taught that at the top. They're getting away with things and no one's correcting it. No one wants to rock the boat. And God's here to rock your socks today. He's here to tell you and get you aligned. And I'm telling you, if you're healthy and you love correctly, that's what God's about. He's about teaching us how to love correctly. When we love correctly, we're not afraid of being corrected. We're not afraid of people who say, you know what, this is the way, walking in it. We're not afraid of that because hopefully those hearts have been talking to you the whole time and loving on you. And showing you the Lord's love and saying, you know what, I, I know it sounds tough, but but I do love you. I love and care about you. And God really loves you. And you feel that love. It's not like a, a cold love or a stony love or just a going through the motions love like, well, I'm a leader, you need to listen to me. No, that's not. Hey there. Hi there. How are you doing? That? Good afternoon, everybody. So, so there's the two first people groups, the fake fivefold, the sick fivefold, and then we have the true fivefold. The true fivefold were their healthy fivefold ministers who've obeyed the Lord and coming forward. They're getting free. They're getting delivered. They're coming up and out of the old and into the new. And you're sensing it on their vessel because you can feel the Lord through their mouth gate, through their voice, through the power of God on their words. And you're thinking a lot of people are like, whoa, what is that? It's the new move. It's the new move. and And the new move doesn't look like anything you think it would look like. <laughs> I'm sure people look at me and think, oh, my God, I wish you'd grow up. (laughs) Did I tell you about the time we went to Canada? Did I tell you about that? I'll tell you. I took my mom to Canada. I saved for a whole year. I don't know why I'm going to tell you this because we talk about different stuff on here. We're having a talk, right? But I I saved for a whole year so I could pay cash to take my mom to the eastern seaboard because it was something my dad always wanted to do for her. And so I thought, well, you know, I've always wanted to go, too, so... I've been up there on business, so why not go? I'll take mom. <laughs> so we go to Canada. Well, first we drove up, we flew in. I think we flew into Boston. We flew into Boston. And then we're driving out of Boston because we're going to go up all into Canada and then come back down through Rhode Island and then hit New York, go back to Boston and all these wonderful little eastern seacoast towns. And we remember that nor'easter that happened like it was it was colliding with that Gulf Stream thing. Uh, from the northeastern from canada and the gulf stream thing here about 10 years ago it was like back in 2015 pardon me we hit that we didn't have any clue we were driving into that so here we are in this little bitty rental car and it starts flickering snowing hey james and um i was like look mom there's snow isn't that cool and the next thing it's like <laughs> a deluge a snowstorm and i'm like a, a white knuckle ride a nervous wreck trying to find my way to the hotel in Canada and the whole way I'm praying and I'm like, God, if if, you gotta get me there and he goes, Well the only way out is through. The only way out is through, Missy. The the hotel's not behind you, it's in front of you. And I'm like and I was kinda getting to Frank's obviously I've got to send over our head. So anyway, fast forward we get there. They were nice, they upgraded our room. Everything we were across from the from the what do you call those Niagara Fall things. So that was really cool. Well the next day we get there. It's eleven degrees below zero. Never had coldness, never, this little fat body has never dealt with cold, so cold. And I was not well insulated enough for that cold. So we went and bought ourselves some earmuffs because it hurt your face to walk in that cold. It hurt your ears. So we're walking across from the falls and there's this little black squirrel. Have you ever seen a black squirrel? But it had a little white tip on its tail. And I said, look, Mom, and there are all these people around us. It's beautiful, sunny. I said, look, mom. Look at that little black squirrel. And all of a sudden she says, It's a skunk. And she goes hauling around this tree. And I'm like horrified. And I've got it all on camera. I've got it on I'll show you the video one day. And I'm looking I said, Stop it. I go, stop. I go, it is a squirrel. Stop. It is a squirrel. It's gonna spray you. It's going where are you gonna sleep tonight? And I go, you need to chill real hard because this is a squirrel. And these people around going to start cracking up laughing. But that's, that's my excursion in Canada. And so I'm just like, in my, in my little childlike heart, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm here to have a wonderful time. I'm here, you know, I know that there are testings that go on. I felt like that was a test in and of itself to get there. And even be there and try to work my way through all the challenges that it was to get there, which is kind of where the body of Christ is at right now. Funny or not, God's like, funny or not, here I come. That's what he's saying. Ready or not, here he comes. And although, you know, that's, that's humorous and it was funny to be in that moment, it's not always so fun when we're walking through the hardships. It's not always that fun. How many of you feel like it's difficult to be when you're in a hard situation and you're trying to figure your way out and you're trying to find the truth and yet you're doing you may even think you're doing the best but you're really not being wholehearted about it and, and put that story on the side burner that's nothing to do with the conversation but where we're at right now i've talked about the the different people groups the five full people groups last friday god told me to bring it up again he's trying to help us discern between the truth and the lie i don't know why that is doing what that's doing My camera needs to be fixed. But I'm repeating the truth because many, not just the leaders, are stuck in these first two unhealed groups. Many. So remember the four people groups. So these are just three of the leadership groups. Then there's four sheep groups that Kurt Landry was talking about. I don't want to mention him by name, but you'll know his prophecy from last year he was talking about there are four people groups and only one group of them are getting into the new move if in the third the Lord showed me this is good news the first two actually unless they have some life-challenging altering uh, experience they're staying stuck but I believe God's a God of mercy and I believe God's gonna provide and it may cost them something it may really be challenging for them but the third people group these are the people that are even leadership are stuck in the pe- third people group where they're kind of on the fence. And God's like, get off the fence. Either come all the way into kingdom or just stay there because I'm not looking for lukewarmness. I'm looking for people all the way on or all the way off. God's looking for hot, hot, hot. He didn't want cold, cold, cold. He didn't want lukewarm. But these are the people groups that are all operating right now. And they think they're okay. The ones that are dysfunctional because their own shortcomings are about to cost them something the ones who have been disobedient. And this is where the word gets tough. Some of these people in these groups, because the judgment of the Lord starts at the house of God. And I don't want you to get afraid. I can feel some of your nerves starting to, I can feel your emotions. But I mean what I'm saying right now, the Lord showed me some of these people in these groups are about to be under judgment or are are already, they're already under judgment. for not listening to God in past seasons. Because they were doing what was right in their own eyes and they were challenging God out of their own fears of being misaligned instead of trusting him. If you know anything about the four people groups Carl Andrew was talking about, he was talking about the fourth one, and they're going to move into the new land on trust alone. They said, you know, God, I don't know where you're taking us, but I know you're good. I know you're good because of the way you've treated me in past seasons. And that in and of itself is a test. That's a huge test when you don't know where God's taking you, yet you're willing to trust him. That's an act of love. Did you know that? That's an aspect and a characteristics of true love. When you trust people around you that you know love you. Well, God really loves you. And if you have that loving relationship with him, then you're going to trust him. But if you don't, you're going to struggle, which is where people get misaligned. And so now we're in a season where people are losing firepower. Like God told you he was going to do six months ago. The Lord had me prophesy that, and here it is. People are losing firepower. They've gotten behind. And so now they're fighting to try to prove that they are right when they're really fighting God. They're kicking against the pricks. But you have to understand something. Sometimes, and this is especially for leadership, if you're in leadership and God makes a decision, God doesn't change. He's very decisive. His yes means yes and his no means no. And if and this is really going back, really, because when he comes into seasons of judgment, the chances are in past seasons, he's been talking to you the whole time about change. And yet you've chosen to do what was right in your own eyes. And I can feel some hearts right now. I can feel the hearts of heaviness. Don't get heavy. Don't get heavy. If you're listening here, most likely you were drawn here by the Lord just stay with me but because i love you i don't i want you to know there's a way god makes a way where there is no way okay so this isn't about someone trying to prove to you hey i'm right and you're wrong it's it's about getting people realigned do you understand how badly we freaking need people on deck right now you understand what our country's facing and so even if you are misaligned god's going to provide. He's going to provide and he's going to fill in the gaps until you get realigned. He just may not plug you in until you get realigned, if you ever get aligned. But you have to choose to participate in the process. And I am so sorry, that is really agitating to me. So let's, let's move forward with this conversation. Um, but the same thing happened with King Saul. When God had given him specific instructions to fulfill and he thought that he could do what he thought was right instead of what God said was right. And, you know, when, when God starts telling you things, especially in leadership, this is not so much for the sheep as much as it is for leaders. And I mean this lovingly and respectfully. When he tells you things, and maybe it's not your personality to like to confront things or to deal with difficulty because you don't want to rock the boat because that's just not your nature. You're like a live and let live kind of person. But, you know, God, God's not. If you notice that people that touched the ark wrong fell dead, you know that he's not a live and let live. (laughs) He'll let you live sometimes, but sometimes you'll wish you'll have died because of the difficulty you walk through or having not listened. Have you ever been there? I've been there before and oh, I, I paid dearly. I pray to God I don't ever have to go back there again because it was a very painful time in my life. And I asked him during those times, just take me. God, I don't want to be here anymore. And he didn't. (laughs) Obviously not. Thank God he didn't. But it'll cost us something not to listen. So immediately, if you know anything about the story, Saul set himself up on a course for judgment. And all the while, God had David being prepared in the wings. Don't ever think that you're irreplaceable. Don't ever think that. Because even, I, I believe that David, David was so good-hearted that David had no clue what God was really preparing him for. He was just a shepherd on the backside of the mountain doing his own thing. He was such a shepherd, and he was he was just minding his own business, content as he could be, doing his own thing, and all of a sudden the prophet sought him out. Prophet saw, has, the prophet's been seeking you out. Um, yeah, and I get tired of the hard words. No offense, Connie Hernandez. (laughs) I love you guys. But sometimes I'm like, Lord, you're wearing me out. You're wearing me out. (laughs) I love you. But I mean, I'm an obey. It's just part of my calling uh, because I'm a, I'm a prophetess of judgment. That's what he's labeled me. That's what I've been prophesied over my vessel. Double truth. And so I have to release and say what he's telling me to say, regardless of what it costs me. So don't get mad at the messenger. Look at me. I'm getting smaller again on my screen. Isn't that that a trip? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So David was being prepared in the wings. And the Lord said, you can fight me all day long. And I'll push back gently at first. For those who are being disobedient and being rebellious. Until I've had enough. And then I'm going to forcefully place you into positions of incapacitation if you choose to keep doing things your way so God's saying in this season it's my way his way or hit the highway and Lord's saying quit picking on my people it's like he told Saul he said Saul Saul why are you persecuting my people remember that that's another conversation why are you persecuting my people? So we find ourselves getting mad at other people, getting mad at the prophets when the prophets come in and we are they've been telling you the whole time. God's been having us tell you the whole time, hey, this is the way walk ye in it. This is what's going on. And, and then it starts, and people don't believe you. They think, ah, oh, he hadn't done anything yet. He's not going to do that to me. God's not like that. You don't know who God is. You need to go learn about mercy and God. And God's like, this is my mercy. I'm telling you before I do this to you that I'm fixing to do it. So we need to get our heads on straight if we're going to walk in kingdom because God's not doing it your way. He's doing it his way. And we're finding him to be very, very true and pure to his word. And let me go back to the three groupings really quickly before I move on, because this is really important. And this is really, really serious, serious, serious. You need to be binding. If you're an intercessor in the front row, you need to be binding the spirit of death that's being released through sick five fold ministers, front runners, and intercessors, or any type of leader, but more importantly, through the occult. They're releasing their words, the spirit of death is on their words. How is that happening? Well, because when people don't get free, they have unholy speaking spirits on their vessels, decreeing and prophesying. And, and if you're operating in Jezebel or any other spirit outside of the spirit of love, guess what that spirit represents? Death. If you have fear, Oh no, God's not saying, you know, 45's coming back or blah, blah. I don't care. Let's not get into politics, but I'm telling you, God says to speak life, not death. If you can't speak faith, shut up. I'm being blunt. Just be quiet. Because most likely, if you're speaking out of your flesh, out of your emotions, you're speaking in a spirit of death. You're speaking your emotions, your fleshly thinking. And it's not the Lord. It's not the Lord. And I can point out leaders, but that's disrespectful. I'll let him point his finger on you. And so that goes back to the lack of confrontation, the fear of, uh, what do you say, rocking the boat. It goes back to that. If you are not not doing the last thing God told you to do, quit asking him for new direction. Quit it. Go back and do the last thing he asked you to do. And if it means it's something difficult that you didn't want to do, you're, guess what you're going to have to do? And you're going to have to keep going around that mountain until you obey. So be binding the spirit of death now. Why am I telling you to do that? Because that those words from the sick fivefold and the words from the occult are filling the airways and they're stopping and putting a delay on us getting our country back. There are conflictions of words in the spirit. So God's like, what do you want? What do you want? You've got life and death. There's life and death in the power of the tongue. What do you want? You'll have what you say. So pull the death out of the atmosphere and maybe we'll see this thing. We'll get this show on the road. Pull it out come at it bring it down hey there hallelujah so david was being prepared in the wings and when a vessel, a vessel gets into disobedience god has to forcefully force it into submission especially if he has a calling in your life and he wants to use you so in order to avert judgment god's saying i need you to comply i need you to comply so this moves us into Song of Solomon 1 through 4:16, And it's talking about stepping into the fullness of time. You ever heard of that in the Bible? Could it be? Or in the glory? And for the disobedient, the Lord's saying the cloud moved on. The cloud has moved on. You've got to catch up. You've got to catch up if you want to participate. Believe me, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you're going to have double the work to do if you've done that. Because we're already under a lot of heaviness right now. We're head to head with the enemy right now. This is serious. This This is so serious about when you get left behind, it becomes very serious. Very, very serious. Because then you create more hardship for yourself. And it's harder for you to keep up and catch up. So that's for you. But the Lord's saying, yes, I still love you. But I'll always be true to myself and my word. And if I tell you to do something, you better hop to and get on the stick and do it lest you be left behind that's the season we're now entering into we've always heard of the fullness of time where i believe the current position we're beginning to walk within as the fourth people group of believers have now began to step into the miracle working power beginning to flow through the hearts of those who would get cleaned up hallelujah remember again there are four people groups there are three who have been disobedient. I'm going to be repetitive sometimes. But the fourth are the obedient ones that are moving through. And they're usually the front runners. They're moving through. If that's you here, then that's possibly you. But the third still has an opportunity, although they're still behind in the spirit, to catch up and move on through. My prayer is that you do. My prayer in my heart is that you do, and that you don't get caught up in this attitude. I'm getting mad at God and it's like I'm just gonna show you And, and anybody else around you that may be a threat to you that's not gonna get you there either all that's gonna do is get you in trouble with God the place to to create change is to step into repentance step into repentance for disobeying a holy God and then asking him what was the last thing you told me to do and God please help me pass that test Give me the answers help me to do it order my footsteps psalms 37 23 order my thinking order my words order my emotions if you don't know how to take a test that's the way to do it we do it every year this year has been the most difficult year ever because of all the dysfunctional people we're seeing rise up around us and it breaks my heart man it, i'm being sincere it hurts me because i'm just like i don't know what to tell people When they think they're right they think they're right there's a way that seems right to a man but the end is death so you can be stuck and let me tell you something else perception is reality so whatever perception you're operating in remember that you're looking through through a glass dimly now you only see through a glass so far you only see and have perception your perception only allows you to see in the spirit so far so contingent upon how healthy your perception is is how you're gonna see kingdom it's how you're gonna view truth It's how you're going to know how to walk. So you've got to get cleaned up if you want to walk correctly and come forward. So the four people groups, I've told you how they're going to get left behind. But if you know anything about Solomon or the song of Solomon speaks of joining the joining of God while he's pouring out his spirit onto our flesh, he's joining his spirit within us. And so. He's trying to find a people group he can rest on. He's trying to find his bride. He's trying to find if we're the right fit for him. Remember I told you, you have to be invited to come into the higher places of his heart. Every year many are called, few are chosen, but whom God calls, he qualifies. Okay, he, he'll qualify you, but then you have to obey. So there are many testings going on. You think moving through the heart of God is easy. It's not. There's a lot of testings going on. And if you haven't noticed, the testings are even getting hotter and harder. Because the higher you go, the more narrow the road, the more is required of you. Because the spiritual laws change. And so if you're more mature in the spirit and you fail tests, then you get to go around those mountains again and you get stuck in those loops. And the second, usually the C2 portion of God's heart, that's where the testings get really hard because that's where you get hit with strange fire and holy fire at the same time. And you've got to learn to discern and trust the Lord regardless of how you feel, regardless of what you're seeing in the natural because it's a test of the mind. It's a, it's a battle of the mind. So are you going to trust God in that difficult place when everything's under pressure and you got all hell coming at you? That's what's happening. He's pressurizing us from the outside in, from the inside out. So you're under pressure the whole time, thinking, when is this going to end? But the good news is, the more cleaned up you get, the less the pressure. So it's easier to maneuver through. That's why we try to get you cleaned up. That's why you need to email me at Navigator at gmail.com. Let us get you involved in this program. Let us get you uh, into deliverance and help you start moving through yearly with ease and teaching you how to do this thing. So... If you think about God as the groom and his bride, he's coming back for a warring bride, right? And he promised that he'd come back for us, where God is looking for true commitment and relationship. And in this season, you should be noticing that God is beginning to show us how deeply he loves you. Have you been having that experience last week? Where God's giving you revelation and through sermons and things and talking to you about How much he loves you, which would be indicative of the month of Elul because the king is in the field. You can come to me, says the Lord, and I'm here. And you can ask anything of me, and I'll do it. But I want to love you. I want to be loved by you. And I want it to be reciprocal, says the Lord. I don't want it to be anything fleshly. I'm trying to take off the grave clothes and I'm trying to find vessels that'll be my bride so you should be experiencing that which brings you into higher levels of maturity and if you're not if you're having a hard time loving if you're having a hard time giving and receiving love that means you need some deliverance that means your your heart has become stony and thorny and I'm going to get into that here in a second too but you This is why God is asking us in this hour. And this is why everybody gives me a hard time on here. We have a lot of leaders bringing down my neck saying, you need to open this up. You're a cult. This is a cult. You should be open to believers. Let me tell you why we're not open to everybody. God told me to do that. Because God trained my vessel himself to war. For the last 35 years, God the Father has been training me himself. And I'm not being arrogant by saying that. I'm just telling you the truth he trained me I was in a I'm in a heavy witchcraft zone in Austin so it's one of the highest witchcraft zones outside of Washington DC so I was forced to learn this in order to even survive in my city and I had no idea what God's plan was So when God told me to start this ministry he said I want you to follow my standard it's gonna be on my ways it's gonna be through my way and my standard and so I'm gonna put my finger on people And I'm going to draw the Isaacs to you. And I thought, that's really weird. Then how do we grow, God? And it's been the most frustrating thing of my life. Because as a leader, I'm obviously, I mean, I'm not about numbers. God's already told me he's not about numbers. He's about quality, not quantity. Because it's a whole lot easier to get a a smaller percentage through the eye of the needle than it is 30,000. But in this hour for front running, there have to have a grace to front run, first of all. But then you also have to be willing as a front runner to continue getting uh cleaned up in order to keep running forward. Okay, that's what you have to do until you hit your promised lands. And that's usually when the testings stop. But then you have to maintain it. You have to maintain the presence in the garden. So point being, we've been getting a whole lot of flack, and I cannot and I will not, nor will God we've had this happen when we first started the ministry where people would slip in here with the spirit of Jezebel on them and we would correct them I would correct them quickly because I don't I hate that spirit and I'd be like we need to get you into deliverance and we'd usually get kicked back and people getting rebellious and belligerent and usurping authority striking the head all these things trying to take the sheep and getting offended trying to take as many sheep with them when they know darn well that's not God and half these buffoons left and let them buy Love you. Bye. Don't let the door hit you with a good Lord. spit you. I don't care how mean that sounds. I'm being really honest because this is the place we're moving to where God is getting really blunt in this hour. It's his way or hit the highway. And we still are dealing with loose little milk toast Christians who are like, I can't believe you'd say that. And it's like, grow up, man. Suck it up. Suck it up. People are tired of it. Because usually it's these people, this dysfunctional group of people who refuse to grow up, that create the most hell on the church. They're the most difficult ones to deal with for leadership. They try to separate and steal off. They try to take the driving wheel away from the leaders when it's not their ministry. It's like, grow up, submit, sit down. You might learn a few things. So God's a God of order. He's telling us to do this mandate this way, and we're doing it His way until He changes it. And He will change. But it's gonna be in his season so we're at the place right now where Jesus is saying like he told his mother woman it's not my time yet he's still preparing us so we're telling all these leaders we're gonna say pow down brown cow mind your own business please mind your own ministry God's got this and this is not your ministry to steward it's the Lord's it's the Lord's the heart of God is the Lord's we're just armor bearers for the king we serve at the pleasure of the king So I'm going to say that boldly on here, love it or leave it, and we'll get on to the message. But the Lord is saying, the reason I'm not equipping every vessel is because why would God equip a vessel with more power who was being disobedient? So that that vessel could go out and and demolish all the hearts who had been obedient around them? Because that's what we experienced when we had Jezebels in here. Thank God, God moved them. They were stressful. But these people come in, this is what we're finding in the body. The body has no power. They're dysfunctional. They don't want to get cleaned up. They just want to gripe and complain and get mad and mistreat leaders, mistreat the sheep. And then they want you to give them firepower? Are you kidding me? Not a snowball's chance. Not a snowball's chance. That's like putting a loaded gun in the hand of a three-year-old. No. No. So God's saying, you're going to do this my way. You're going to come in. We're going to clean you up. You're going to learn order. You're going to learn honor. You're going to learn how to do things God's way. And you're going to start loving your life. Believe it or not, there is power in order. Why do you think the military, when people learn structure, that's where you really start learning how to step into firepower. That's when your commanding officers can really trust you because they know they can trust you to obey orders. That's what this whole conversation is about today but God's not doing that in this season so that's why people are finding themselves in the dark and they're and they're like what happened what happened that's what happened so moves us into if you know anything about uh second Corinthians 10 4 and 5 the Lord is saying he's not well, let me read you the scripture and I'll tell you what it means It says the weapons we are fighting with are not the weapons of the world on the contrary They have divine power to demolish strongholds. The Lord says we demolish arguments in every pretension. That's key. That sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. What does that mean? What does this mean for us? Is that we're in a season right now where we're, it seems like, leaders and followers are giving their own arguments to God about why they want to do what they want to do instead of doing what he says to do. So they're in presumption. And so they set themselves up for judgment against the knowledge of God because they're not learning to mature. They're not learning to take every thought captive and stepping into the higher dimensions of His spirit where they would have been invited in automatically had they just obeyed. And so we're finding, you know, if you know anything about the Lord, he does love you. He loves you deeply, but he, and he wants to come near your heart, but not with your ways. And you can't, you can't do it your way, or you can get struck dead. So this is the whole point of him trying to clean you up. He's coming back for a pure, spotless bride, and I'm running out of time. i got to hurry. And so if you know anything about the Song of Solomon, where the woman is looking for her lover, but he didn't come. Remember that part of that scripture? And so she roamed the streets of the city looking for him. And that stuck out to me today when I was reading that. And the Lord said, this is the passage that indicates the current state of the church, looking for my spirit to show up in power like I've done in past seasons. But they're finding themselves in a lurch and they're getting dismayed because I can't show up because of the condition of their hearts. So they've lost firepower, just like he told us would happen. And God said not to awaken love until its own time, which means each vessel has to participate in the cleanup process in order for true love, God's spirit to be awakened within you. You awaken his spirit of power, his spirit of love by getting free. You're free to be. You get free. He's free to manifest all around you and to use your vessel to flow through. So that means we have to pay attention. And Lord's like, are you listening and obeying me in this hour? Are you seeking me to see what you have to do to get free? Free from all the hindrances that have held you back from becoming all I meant for you to be. Which takes us to 2 Corinthians 8, 16 through 24. And the Lord says, Are you loving correctly? That's the next step in the process. Do you feel loved? Because I see a lot of people right now that don't feel loved. They feel unloved. They feel like their relationships are difficult to deal with. They feel like people... I see a lot of people avoiding relationships because of the difficulty in relating. But if you know how to love correctly, like Jesus loves, then everything becomes a breeze. It's like bees to honey. I'm seeing it all around me. Not like I've got it all figured out, but I've chosen to get cleaned up and I'm starting to love my life because even the most difficult people are easy to get along with. It helps you to love God. It helps you to love yourself. and It helps you to love others correctly. And the reciprocal effect becomes uh, activated because then... You you reap what you sow, the more you love, the more you feel loved. You see how that works? God's like if you got my spirit operating your vessel and I can clean you up and you start participating in my ways and and then you stop reaping the curse, you start reaping life instead of death because of what you're sowing. You're reciprocating what you're sowing, and you're not sowing bad seed anymore. You're sowing good seed for your future, so you're going from faith to faith and glory to glory, and everything starts to manifest in your story. All your dreams, all your hopes. But the principles for understanding love or loving through Christ requires to be surrendered. You have to be motivated by grace. It means to me you have to pick your battles. You're not going to win every battle. You shouldn't even be in a battle half the time. Because love is to me, love is a giving and a taking. Where you learn to trust God in in different seasons of your life. You're not always going to get your way. We don't always get our way and by the way true love never demands its own way did you know that it's a give and a take and and it requires faith to be a real giver of love you have to be a big faith because sometimes you're not gonna understand why people do what they do and you gotta have faith in the Holy God to know that he knows the end from the beginning he works it all for your good thank you Holy Spirit I'll go there can I go there thank you sometimes people can just break your heart and the Lord told me this last week when he was talking to me about how much you love me he said I love you I love you very, very much she calls me little flock I love you so much little flock and I was like really because I mean to me I've gone through a lot of the uh, relationship things that you've probably gone through in your families where I have thought they've all lost their minds God bless them except for one Peggy I love you she's my buddy She's my best friend. One of my cousins. And, and, and I'm, I'm just, but I really, I pray for them. But love costs you something. And the, and the deeper you choose to come in Christ, God says he calls us to love each other deeply. So what I feel like people are trying to control is people, other people from hurting them anymore. They're tired of being hurt. They're tired of being uh betrayed. They're tired of being uh, disillusioned with the crazy antics, but this is what happens when witchcraft is allowed on the scene. Hello, a.k.a. Jezebel, who's the mother of witchcraft, the mother of religion. It snuck into the church. Judgment starts at the church. Follow me? So, we have to understand what love is then. We have to understand that it's not boastful. Love isn't boastful. It's never competitive or resentful. It's never vengeful doesn't seek to control or manipulate. It definitely doesn't seek to control and manipulate others in order to get its own way. You can't manipulate God, by the way. He's going to have his way whether you like it or not. He's non-manipulative. Manipulative. Can I say this? <laughs> non manipulable Is that a word? <laughs> non manipulable But if you know anything about love, it never seeks to get its own ways. So it's others-oriented. So it sounds to me, when we've got people around us vying to get their own way, they're determined, I'm going to have this. I'm going to do this. And God's like, really? Love's like over here going, really? You're so outside of my spirit. Really? <laughs> you want to take me on, x 5.30? And that's what the Lord is saying. And, and I saw this meme the other day. It said, people say, you and what army? <laughs> I'm just like, oh, God. Second Kings 6.16. There are more that are for me than are against me because he's a loving dad he's just very very loving and he takes care of his children but the heart that seeks to love correctly is the heart that becomes honest and honorable so that no one can find fault because true love is a universal language when people come across vessels like that that truly love them their hearts are like bees to honey and they find healing you want to see people getting cleaned up? Make them feel loved. Make them feel accepted. Give them a place to belong. And those hearts will begin to give, like the heart they gave to them. Which brings us to Psalms 50, verses 1 through 23, as we're about to wrap this up. And it's talking about the courtroom scene or empty routine through religion. This is what's causing the hiccups in the church. For God is the judge. The witness and the jewelry. And he brings indictments against two kinds of religious sinners. And this is where judgment's starting right now in the church, where people have gotten to be insincere, they've gotten to be hypocrites, and yet they come to church and they want to give their worship to God. Yet they hear the rapping of the gavel in the courtrooms of heaven. Where God's glory indicts the people who offer sacrifices insincerely. Where their worship has become empty routine. Or they've lost their passion for their first love and they've gotten off track. And and don't get me wrong, because I think as we get older, I can see where people get into the routine and they like things a certain way, don't like things to change. And unfortunately, though, the cloud is moving on. But so Gladys moving on. God's moving from faith to faith and glory to glory. Why would we expect God not to change the story? He's flipped the page. He's turned the page. Don't you want to see what the next chapter holds? Don't you want to be an active participant in that next chapter? But if, if you're stuck in last season's wineskin skin and last season's move, how can you participate? Because he can't pour new wine into you. He'll bust the sack. He'll bust it. He'll break you. You've got to get free from some things as you come higher if you choose to do so. Or well, you can stay there, you can stay stuck. 85% of the church has, which baffles me. And they act like it, that's for sure. You can sure tell. It's like little satans running around instead of little Jesus is running around. <laughs> but i bet satans just loving it. He's absolutely living, having a field day over it. I hey, look, I can do what you can. I can do what you do, god. I can create kids too. (laughs) Okay, so we have insincere worshipers who believe that they're gonna earn God's blessings or by thinking that he's just gonna overlook their staleness and stagnation. Especially if they've already seen real movements of God in their midst in past seasons. Are you one of those groupings of people? Are you one of those leaders? Well you've seen God move, you've had big moves. And for some reason, you got off track. The Lord's asking you in this hour, how would you appreciate it if your spouse treated you the same way you treat me? Where they came in, and you wanted them to show love to you? But you just wanted to do your own thing. I, I'm just, I'll get with you later, God. I, I'm just so tired. I've had a hard day, and, and I just, I'm just overwhelmed by life. And I just, you know, I'll get with you. And I'm doing everything you told me to do, God. I'm doing everything we're worshipping you, we're praising you i'm trying i'm I'm doing this for you and da 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 da, but it's stale, it's stagnant, it's not moving with the cloud, so we've got people who are getting misaligned because of that false apparatus that's operating there, and maybe you're not as religious as some that are stuck deep in the spirit of religion, but maybe you've got a little bit, maybe you've got some. Areas of your life you've been disobedient in, and God's been putting His finger on it. And you're just like, yeah, you know, I'll get to it. I don't want to go to a deliverance ministry this week, God. It's just I don't want to deal with my. I just don't want to deal with that right now. I want to be happy, but are you really happy? Are you really happy? Because when you get free, you really experience joy. Are you joyful? There's a difference between joy and happiness. God never promised us happiness, but He did promise us joy. I'll stay on track. And then the next group that God's dealing with in the church are the hypocritical worshipers. This issue is not in sacrifices, but the covenant they made with God. They say one thing and they act like hell behind the scenes. And we're in a season of judgment. So God's not into hypocrites these days. You say what you mean and you mean what you say. And if you want to stay out of his out of his I call it his crosshairs instead of God's crosshairs you're gonna be true blue in front and behind the scenes you're gonna be who you say you are flaws and all that's why I tell our people you need to learn to love yourself you need to be content with where you're at right now don't get stuck there but learn to love yourself at this level of Christ that you are currently operating in and we're trying to teach our people love them love each other through love them through help them up and out Don't judge, but pray for each other. Be there for each other. Love on each other. He's creating a family, and that's when we feel loved. Is when we when we heal. We're like, yeah, get it off. Let's get it off. Let's get free together. It's a teamwork kind of a thing that God's creating right now in the spirit, where people don't feel like they're alone and they don't feel like they're isolated. And that if they talk about their most heinous backgrounds, they're not going to be judged. Trust me, everybody's got it even especially leadership they're just trying to make you think that they've got it all together if they haven't been honest before you hopefully they're not like that hopefully they've got their own peers and they're getting free hopefully they're getting their sleeves rolled up and they're doing it with you but what we're looking at right now is that God's doing a heart inspection and he's looking at all vessels to see what aligns and what does not he's looking at the hidden sins People that are trying to get their own way through their own ways. They're trying to manipulate him, manipulating others. They're trying to act like he's not paying attention. But even though God's silent and he hasn't addressed you yet, it doesn't mean he's okay with it. We love you, Sylvia. Bye bye. So God's saying you were wrong. Because judgment has begun and it always starts at the house of God. So as we wrap up today, we're going to start with Proverbs 22, 22 through 23. I want to thank you for joining me too. I'm Dr. Missy Hood. We do these on Tuesdays and Fridays. But if we're going to see change, if we're going to see a shift, we're going to have to be willing to be willing to do things his way. We're going to have to do that. This isn't about competition in the body. It's not about, you know, you're stepping on my toes. I'm, you're doing this or you know, whatever your mentality is, whatever your fleshly behaviors are. And, and believe me, I see people, they change for two seconds and they go right back to the weakness every single time. And they keep going deeper and deeper and deeper closer to judgment. And it's like, get out of God's crosshairs. Proverbs 22, 22 to 23 states this. This is Rob, not the poor. Because he's poor, neither oppress the afflicted in the gate. For the Lord will plead their cause and spoil the soul of those that spoiled them. That's a serious statement. You know what that means? That means right now God is doing all these hard inspections and he's Seeing all these people that are doing things that they think they're getting away with, and the very thing they think they're getting away with is the things that fix that's fixing to happen to them. And and I think I know a lot of the church. They don't like to hear a lot of the stuff because the church has been taught not to address issues. But I'm here to give you a wake up call to let you know that God is here to rock your boat. He's here to rock your boat. He's here to get you out into deeper waters. He's tired of the superficiality. He's ready for wholeness. He's looking for a bride. But only you can determine whether you're going to participate or not. So I hope you enjoyed the message today. Again, I'm Dr. Missy Hood. We do these on Fridays, Tuesdays. Try to give you some time during the week to look at it. But um, if you're looking for a church home, go check us out at Ezekiel's Check out Margaret Rowe. Let me point over here. I'm, I'm trying to point somewhere over here on the screen right there margaro.com. Um, I think it's margaret.com but she's got some beautiful jewelry smack talk rodeo thanks a lot faith clicks we love you too thank you for sponsoring us today we always want to thank our sponsors we don't do what we do without you um, and thank you guys for listening we always appreciate everything that you do and thank you for joining us um, stay the course guys you're doing great we're almost through we have remember the three things in the year that God has us doing it's the three hard places we have to get through it's the eye of a needle or the, the eye of God, then we have to get through the season of basilisk. and then we get through the head of the year. And right now, as tired as you are, and it's really the building of champions, it's when you have come through the first two testings, and you're thinking you don't have anything else to give. I don't have anything else left, God. God's like, when you're weak, I'm strong. That's the place where you start asking the Lord. Fill me up, God. Fill me up. Help me to finish this part of the race because only I, I can only do it through you. Fill me up. Fill me up. And the challenge is always the hardest at the highest transition point, which is where we're heading into. So with that, I'm going to leave you. You go have yourself a great rest of your day. Know that I love you. And I'll be talking to you probably on Friday. Bye.